Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm Spartan OCR Podcast. On this episode, I interview Mike Stefano from the Obstacle Running Adventure Podcast. It's a great interview, and if you're not already listening to the Obstacle Running Adventure Podcast, you definitely need to check it out. What is up, Mike Stefano? What's going on with you today, man? Not much, Scott. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. I'm like more than proud to have you on my podcast seeing as you do a really really good podcast yeah thanks means a lot i was actually just thinking uh i gotta get back into spartan races so i have the opportunity to get on your show so it works out oh shoot man i interview i mean most of the time i stick to the spartan side because that's what i do because it's the most affordable way to race ocr unless you run like terrains all the free races or something (laughs) yeah but uh but yeah, man, so just uh, give us a little bit of your background, man, like where are you from and, you know, what do you do for a living? Yeah, so I'm from uh, Massachusetts, about half hour south of Boston. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm from Boston because that's what everyone says from Massachusetts. That's usually a lie. Uh, I've been racing OCR since 2012. Um, I got into it. Actually, my first race was a Spartan race. Yeah. Um, and I, I told a buddy of mine, like, hey, this is something you may be into, not me, it's too crazy. But uh, I was going through a period in my life where I'm like, I gotta gotta change things up, so I'll, I'll give it a shot. And as soon as I went in that mud, I mean, something primal inside of me woke up, and right. I've, I've loved the sport ever since. Right. So you're talking about a period of your life. So what was it like? You know, ah, de- depression and stuff, like lots of lows, and just kind of feeling stuck and needed to break out of my comfort zone one way or another. Needed to change. Yeah. Yeah, I think I got there when I got fat. I got to like 220, and I was like, man, I got to do something. Yeah. So how did you, were you already like running at that point? Not really. Uh, I did some track in, let's see, did some track when I was in like middle school. Wasn't very fast. Uh, Did track in high school. Was definitely one of the worst. (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely enjoyed, uh, I was part of like a relay team, which is where they put like all the terrible people, but I was the last leg. Right. So I, I definitely tried to kick ass where I could. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I ran that. Like, I did JV, and I, I, we did the relay, and I liked that. That was fun, too, with yeah. a group of friends. That was a good time. Absolutely. So um, so what do you do for a living, Mike? Uh, so I'm a behavioral therapist. Uh, I work with autistic kids and their family. Right. And uh, I work with, like, two to three-year-olds and really try to get them communicating and doing some functional things because – uh. A lot of autistic kids can have some inappropriate behavior. Uh, we try to catch it while it's nice and early before they get to school and whatnot. Mm. Am I too old for this? Because I have inappropriate <laughs> behavior all the time. Well, never too old. I use uh, <laughs> behavioral therapy on my girlfriend all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you met my buddy Michael, you'd really see some immature, uh, you know. <laughs> is, that, is that your bitch muffin? Yeah, old bitch muffin. <laughs> he has nice. totally, like, took himself off of Facebook. I don't know if it's, like, you know, what's going on there, so... I guess he said, I need a break from Facebook. And I'm like, whatever. It's probably something that happened between him and his uh, old lady or something. I don't know. Because he's like one of those people. Because like I got him playing this app phone. Like this game. It's like Star Wars Galaxies or something like that. It's kind of like Final Fantasy kind of. But it's Star Wars characters instead. Oh, cool. And I got him like hooked on it, and like like a week later, his, his old lady was like, "I wish you wouldn't have told him about that game." <laughs> He's got like a addictive personality, huh? Yeah, he does, and he drinks too, <laughs> which is bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you do you work? Is that like a school type thing, or is it like more like a doctor's practice? Uh, so somewhere in between. Um, I work in the family's homes, so. Um, so you go to them. Yeah, so uh, I get to see them in their home setting and kind of figure out, uh, like, oh, this kid is super aggressive. Like, what, what is this kid getting for being aggressive? Is he getting attention? Is he doing this? And then try to teach him 
uh, other ways to request things. But yeah, so I have a, a pretty big region. I have about six to eight towns that I cover. Oh, wow. Uh, and have six cases at a time. So it's a lot, a lot of driving in between, but it's nice because I get that like mental reset in between cases, which is helpful. That's pretty neat. Yeah, we have a behavioral health uh, department in one of the buildings that I do maintenance at. That's the reason why I was okay. asking. That sounds like an interesting job. I bet it's it, it can be frustrating and very rewarding at the same time. Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely tries my patience. Uh, when, when I graduated, I knew that I wanted to go into a helping profession. Right. But uh, I was definitely intent on helping the elderly. So it's very interesting that I'm completely on the other side of the spectrum. But uh, I enjoy it for now. So, yeah. Well, shoot, man, you'll you'll have kids like mastered when the, when you decide to have some. That's what I'm hoping. I mean, with all the parents that I've seen, I know exactly what to do and what not to do. So, do you ever run so, in? Do you ever run into like some parents and like, well, you don't even have kids. What do you know? Do you ever run into parents like that? Yes, and then I, just, <laughs> I try to preface that with like, I know I'm not a parent, but and then I offer them advice and and I tell them like, hey, like I can tell you to do. You know, this, this, and this, and this. I'm only here for, like, two to three hours at a time. You're with them all the time. So just do what you can, and, and I'll meet you somewhere in the middle. So it's definitely a balance. That's what you said. I learned this in school from a book. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they start talking to you like that. And it's tough, too, because you, you don't want to, like, sure. go in and, like, be a know-it-all. Because, like, they'll resent you coming over there. So I just definitely got to be friendly and build rapport with them as much as I am with the client. So it's tricky. Well, I'm sure it's probably pretty cool, though, most of the time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good to have those breakthroughs when I get them, but sometimes I have those tough cases, which makes it really difficult. Right. I also, I also saw on your Facebook that you used to be a Dunkin' Donuts shift leader. <laughs> yes, sir. So what was so what was, what was was that like, man? Oh, man, well, I worked at Dunkin' Donuts for like, Jesus, six, seven years. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I worked there all through high school, uh, all through college, and I was pretty much almost full time the whole time. And I was I was working hard, um, just saving up that money so I could afford the things that I want to do. And yeah, I mean, so I know people at Dunks have the reputation of being dumb, um, but I gotta so say, you said that I didn't say that. Oh, I know, I know. I was gonna, <laughs> <laughs> but the. Uh, I've had some just crazy stories of, of just some of the, the people that go to Dunkin' Donuts that I'm like, oh my God, like I've had so many people come through and try to order um, subs and like all the stuff. And I'm like, no, this isn't Subway. <laughs> people that have ordered burgers. Like this is, this is Dunkin' Donuts. we got a big pink and orange sign out front. Like, oh yeah, lots, lots of stories. But yeah, there are, there are a whole bunch of dumb people that have worked with too. <laughs> it sounds like most of the customers might be the dumber ones than the workers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, okay, I've got a, a very important question here. What donuts right. do you like better, Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kremes? Okay, easy, Krispy Kreme. That's what I'm telling everybody, Krispy Kreme is where it's at. Oh, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, the donuts, I mean, Krispy Kreme donuts are small, but right. they're, they feel, they're, they're fresh. And I can tell you, working at Dunkin' Donuts, um, most of them, if they don't cook on site, if they don't like bake the donuts there, which most dunks don't anymore, that's right. Uh, they get their water in around like four o'clock in the morning, and I used to work around that time. Those donuts were amazing, but you know you get there around ten or you know any time, and they're all just they're old, and they're crunchy. Yeah, because Krispy Kreme's always good, and that's it's right. also like it's it's like the forbidden fruit because like we don't have a lot of Krispy Kreme here. So when we're nearby one, we I mean we're down in Georgia, and there's oh there's a Krispy Kreme nearby. Yeah, we there. Yeah. Man, they just so melt in your Christmas. mouth when that hot light's on, dude. They're so oh, good. So good. Yep. You know that Michael, he, uh, or Bitch Muffin, he builds Dunkin' Donuts. He, I mean, he works for a contracting company, and yeah. all around Atlanta, he'll go to, you know, or in the outside of Atlanta, you know, he'll go to different places and, like, build Dunkin' Donuts. That's all he does. He's, like, renovated oh, wow. an old bank and built one, renovated an old Chinese restaurant and built one. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he'll never be out of business because yeah. America runs on Dunkin' and all that. That's right. He feels the same way we do. Dun Dunkin's trash and Krispy Kreme rules. Yeah. I think the funniest thing about me working at Dunkin' Donuts is people are shocked to find out that I don't actually, I don't even drink coffee. Oh, you don't drink <laughs> coffee, man? <laughs> nope. I, I drink uh, tea. 
I'll drink lattes, but like that's that's mostly milk and caramel for me. Oh so. yeah, well I love lattes, yeah. but I drink coffee. I just recently like swapped to drinking coffee black, you know. And I was thinking, man, yeah. I'll never be able to drink coffee black. And I tried it for like two weeks. I tried to do that like whole thirty diet for like thirty days, and I only made it like I don't know twenty days. And but it did get me on to black coffee, and I was like, and it's like a different. Uh, addiction kind of it's like a different craving for black coffee is like before when you were putting the sweeteners in it and everything so yeah kind of proud of myself that i'm drinking black coffee now yeah absolutely and hopefully people will be less likely to mess it up so yeah i know <laughs> when so, you order it yeah yeah like i don't like starbucks is i love starbucks lattes but i don't like their coffee i don't know it's just got yeah. this weird twang to it or something man not real crazy about it yeah, Starbucks has got a killer is it like matcha tea yeah. latte. It's like that green tea. Like I love that stuff. That's that's like my crack lately. <laughs> well, see, here's what's funny is is like I'm from the South. You know, everybody drinks sweet tea in the South. I've never finished a glass of tea in my life. I just I never found a like a flavor for it. And every once in a while, I'll give it another try and just see if I can you know get used to it. Man, I just. That's just, and I'll, I'm a garbage disposal. I can pretty much eat anything, but th- there's a few things I don't like. I don't like cranberry sauce. I don't like cabbage, and I don't like tea. And everybody's like, "You must be a Yankee or something," you know, down here. And no, I just don't like tea. Yeah, because that's I've, like I've a tried, staple I've in the south. I tried some sweet tea. I tried some sweet tea, but it's like the ratio's off. It's like sugar with a little bit of tea. Yeah, down here it is. Yep, yeah. you're right. You were definitely right about that. So, man. Tell me, like, when when you got into running, when did you, uh, like, tell us about your M. Stefano, uh, or Stefano running group that you made, you know, because you've got, like, a web page and a Facebook. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, it really started, and that started in 2013. I was uh, with my girlfriend, Caitlin, and we were driving back from a race, and uh, my, my brakes went, actually, and we had to figure out how to get my car out of traffic and pull it alongside, like, someplace where we could get towed or whatever. And we were in a bad part of Boston, and we were just kind of shooting the shit, trying to figure out, like, how we are going to waste time. And we kind of figured, like, you know, obstacle course racing has changed my life. It's gotten me off the couch. Um, it's changed her life. Like, why don't we, like, try to get more people, like-minded people together and start a little group? So slowly and surely we started to add... Uh, more and more people, uh, road runners and, and obstacle course racers, and try to have each people do like the other side of things, and um, it just started growing and growing, and uh, it just became a nice little community. And, uh, and now that's what I use to kind of pick from to cover like events and stuff. So I'll have uh, this upcoming weekend. I have someone in our team going down to Texas to do a half marathon, so oh, wow. I plan to have her call in uh, and talk about it. But it's just a nice little community, and we. <laughs> Had I known it was going to grow as big as it did, I wouldn't have named it after myself. Um, <laughs> I hate I hate the name, but it's like been around too long to to switch it. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, M. Stefano Running Group. He must be a badass. You know? Yeah, right. He's got a group named after him. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I'm not anything special. I just wanted to try to get people off the couch and all that. So <laughs> how many, how many like actual members are in it? I saw the website and there was a bunch of names and some of them had pictures. It looked like there was about 50 of them. So not, not that many. We try to keep it pretty small. Uh, we have another group up here, uh, the New England Spines, which have like thousands of members. We yes. realized pretty quickly on that we didn't want to be that big. So we have about 25 right now, uh, just so we can keep it close knit enough that we all know who each other are and right. it's better to, uh, try to like plan to, to go to races together and whatnot that's cool so we, yeah yeah there's like a little running group here in town called the Sun Belt runners and they've been around for for years and there's probably and it's pretty much everybody meets at wednesday night and they run a six mile loop you know and get together and sometimes i make it and sometimes i don't but everybody's always a really good friends you know and it's a good time yeah it's, it's all about community i mean yeah. that, that sport's definitely shown me that and if I could create my own community, that's what I strove to do there. So, yeah. Yeah, and they're mainly, like, road runners, and I've slowly but surely gotten some of them into the, uh, you know, obstacle racing, and they're falling in love with it. So Nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, were you, were you and Caitlin, like, were and, and for those that don't know, Caitlin also pretty much is his co-host on his uh, 
on Obstacle Running Adventures, his podcast. Y'all need to check it out too. It's really cool. So yeah. how did y'all meet and did y'all meet after you started your running group or? Ooh, that's a good question. So uh, I actually met her um, back in college. I had uh, some some parties in, in Quincy, which was about half hour from where we went to college. Hell yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I would invite a whole bunch of people over, but I would always, it was always mandatory that if you're coming in a car, that car needs a DD. And I would always make sure to like take care of the DD because like I feel bad that I'm drinking, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I just kind of spent some time talking to her, got to know her. And um, she was a lot less psychotic um, than my previous girlfriend. So that was a plus. Um, and I, we ended up being really close friends for about a year before we started dating just to make sure she passed the crazy test. And uh, yeah, we've been dating ever since. She's really gonna love the kind words about her her less craziness. She's yes. <laughs> she seems like she's really cool. So she has been totally supportive of everything you've done up to this point. That's got to be something to be proud of too. Yeah, every once in a while we'll get in our little little arguments, um, but like it, it's very small, like five minute arguments, and then we're back to like being fine with each other because we cool. realized pretty early on like there's no. It's just so much energy wasted when you argue and whatnot. So um, there's like little things here and there where she's like, oh, I don't want to go to, like she didn't want to go to uh, pit crew for World's Toughest Mother. And then when right. she came back, she's like, that was one of my like favorite experiences of the year. And that's um, got to be pretty awesome because it was like super freezing, awesomely cold there. <laughs> yeah, she was a trooper. She stayed out in that pit the whole time. There was a opportunity for her to go back to the car and warm up. Uh, but she knew that if I came back and didn't see anyone at like the pit crew or the That'd have been, that'd have been one of those five-minute fights the next time you saw her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was like four in the morning. Like, my mind was just not really there. So she, she was a really good pick crew, and she's responsible for, uh, well, helps partially responsible for my 50-milers there. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I mean, and you got to think, man, I don't know what was worse, running the race or pitting for the race, standing around, you know, yeah. getting cold and not being warm from running. I'm, I'm sure it was... A uh, huge task for everybody that attended that race. Absolutely, absolutely, and and that's that's another benefit that I had was that um, the year before, so 2017, I went out to Vegas and did pit crew for my friend. So I already got to experience all that, and it, it is a different kind of of difficulty because you have to stay up, and you know that person's counting on you every time you come in. You need hot water. You got to get that, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's a different kind of experience. And it was nice to kind of be on the other side of things this time. Yeah, I know, and that's what's funny is y'all were like running in the 30s in November, dude. Here at Christmas, it was like 70 degrees. Yeah, I've been watching your weather, and it's been pissing me off. <laughs> like, is we've just pretty much got into like a a recent cold snap here, and it still hasn't been as cold as it was the night y'all run that race. Yeah, I bet it's. Uh, I just looked at the weather here, and it's. 27 degrees here so yeah i dude i swear it's like if an ocr comes to town the weather gets shitty man that's just how it goes yeah that's tough a lot of rain there too sometimes i'm sure oh yeah it's been raining here for a long time that's the only thing that's bad about it yeah that's kind of tough but last year when we went to the florida beast man it was like the cold snap of the year it was 30 degrees like close to tampa man i was wearing thermal compression on sunday the day before i was like didn't have to wear a shirt it was so hot it, yeah. it was just super fluke. It was crazy, man. That's one advantage that uh, we New Englanders have. We have a saying, uh, if you don't like the weather, wait a minute. Yeah. It's, it's always changing. Although right now it's just straight up cold. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure y'all probably got like snow on the ground and everything up there right now, right? Yeah, not as much as usual, but uh, I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. I couldn't deal, man. If I had to shovel my driveway every morning before I went to work, I'd be just like, man, I want to quit. <laughs> I, I used to think of it as like a just a good workout, but then yeah, we had a, a winter where it snowed here more than it snowed in Alaska, and we were just buried for weeks at a time. Oh man! And uh, that that became too much for me, so I'm like, screw it, I'm gonna start snow blowing now. Dude, if the forecast calls for snow down here, and somebody sees like one little drop of sleet, they're like, close the fucking schools. <laughs> it's snowing. <laughs> Yeah, meanwhile here, it's like, hold, hold my fucking Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're flying out there. 
Yeah, man, it was crazy, man. Yeah, like yeah. They, I mean, even if like a bad thunderstorm comes through, you know, they'll be like, "We're gonna sh- we're gonna close the schools, man. These kids need to be at home. You know, this weather's gonna get really bad. You know, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, wow, it's pretty bad. Yep. So, so Mike, how you know you've how did you come about your podcast? You know, and how did you like? Did you know somebody that was already podcasting that kind of showed you the ropes, or was it one of those? things where you had to bang your head against the computer and figure everything out short answer a bit of both um, but here. uh my uh my buddy alex on the team he's always he's really good with uh ideas but struggles a little bit with follow-through uh so he came up with the idea to do a podcast and at the time i had no idea what the hell podcast was right um and then i realized um oh it's a medium based all around talking and i'm like oh great i'm i'm, I'm shy uh, I used to have a speech impediment. Like, really? I can't think of something worse, like worse design for me. Um, but I started up uh, two two years ago, and um, I initially started it just as like a, a time capsule kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like, we'll talk about the races, and we can like go back years from now, listen to it, and have a chuckle or whatever. But um, as more and more people start listening, I'm like, wow, I need to. I, I want to get better. I want to get better, and I kind of fell into that like what can I do to make this better? So ultimately I, I decided, um, last year, last March, um, I'm going to start interviewing the elites because not many people, there's no one in the Northeast that's really doing that. Right. Um, and ever since then, the podcast has really blown up more. Um, and it's definitely broken me out of my comfort zone too. Cause the podcast was also to try to get people off the couch. Anyone happened to be listening back then and, uh, try to get people off the couch and do something they normally wouldn't do. Well, something that I would never do is go up to people I don't know and talk to them. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so now that's, that's what I do as part of the podcast. And it's definitely gotten me more, um, used to talking to people. And, and you realize like these athletes that you see, like Ryan Atkins, Lindsay Webster, I, I've interviewed them. I've met them. Some of the nicest goddamn people. Oh yeah. And for real. Oh, it's, 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 that's another amazing thing about the sport that people like, I, th- I think we take for granted because like a lot of other sports, I'm, I'm sure some athletes are great too, but like everyone, every, everyone in OCR minus a few people are just fantastic. I think and, that uh, was, my, that's what makes you come back too. is it's not just yeah. the race and how fun it is. It's, it's the community and how much you have, how much fun you have at the race with the community. And it, it I mean, and it can be a race I go to. I don't know anybody there. I mean, it's just, everybody's in good spirits and having a good time, man. It's like a party. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that the elites are also part of that community, it's not just like community um, over here and then the elites over here. Like, you know, like Rhea Coble posts something on a, on a Spartan page and like people talk to her. Like it's just, there's no, I don't know. Like there's, there's no barrier there. And I think that's another thing that makes the special, the sport so special, you know? You think it's because they're not making like millions of dollars like basketball and like football <laughs> players are making? Man. Yeah, I thought of that too, and, and, and the fact that it's like a relatively new sport. But I, I really hope, and, I, and I'm a pessimist too. But I, here I am hoping that uh, it, it's always going to stay this way, and that there's something about our suffer fest of a sport that right. will keep things, you know, on even ground with people. Mm. You know. So how did you decide to bring Caitlin in to help you, like, you know, host the show? Yeah, um, I needed help. Uh, the last thing I wanted is just to be me talking by myself because, one, I'm, I'm not a fan of my voice. Two, I'm not as interesting. And, and Caitlin and I have always had, like, an interesting dynamic. People enjoy <laughs> being around us for one reason or the other. And um, I don't know, it's, it's just worked out really well because there's, there's some people that, that tell me, oh, I love the interviews that you do. But there's a lot of people that, that tell me that they just love the banter. Exactly, man. You're, you, you guys' <laughs> banter is great, man. It's hilarious. And, and I just want everyone to know that, like, none of that is scripted. Like, that, that's how we are in real life. Like, we, this is so... Man, I forget uh, what you said one time, but it was like, oh, it was it was some question. And he was like, well, I'm going to interview you or something like that. And you just immediately just cut her off and be like oh that was good and, and just went on to the next thing i just died laughing it was so oh, yeah, funny yeah. 
Yeah, because she, she uh, one of the times she was like, "Oh, why don't you interview me about the race?" I'm like, "Caitlin, you didn't run the race." She was like, "No, but I, you know, I watched." Oh, Caitlin, okay, how was it spectating? It was cold. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah, it's just so much of that. It was uh, funny, man. Y'all, y'all are great together, man. Y'all make a good couple for sure. Thank you. We definitely have fun with the show because if you're not, you know, the joy is in the doing. If, if, if you gotta realize that, like, if no one was listening to your podcast, would you still do it? And I mean, I've. When I first started my podcast, I had like 20 downloads, and that was like a big deal. And uh, now it's grown to what it is now. But like, you, you always have to be not just be content where you are because you want to make yourself better too, but enjoy the work that you put into it. That's know? right. Well, that's me. Like, you know, I'm down here in the South, and there's not a lot of people that run the races. So I, I enjoy doing the interviews just to talk OCR and just, you know, see how people are handling it on different parts of the country. And it's just fun meeting new people and shooting shit with them you know what i mean absolutely and, it, and, it's, and it's not why we do it but like how awesome is it hearing from people like oh hey i listened to your show yeah like oh man i remember like one of the first times that happened to me and one of the times it was uh, i was evan preparas i was doing uh toughest east and um i heard oh is that is that mike stefano I'm like yes it is he's like oh i love the podcast i'm like who are you because <laughs> like, evan and i'm like holy shit he listens to my show <laughs> I know. I was. I tripped out when uh, it was at Vermont. We was uh, I was running up the death march. I was doing the ultra, and Raya Coble passed me, and uh, she uh, was doing. You know, she was just doing the beast, and I think she. I'm pretty. I'm more than sure she was in first place, and yeah, she, she passed was. me, and, and I started talking to her about how because she jogged the whole thing, and I was like, "How are you jogging this?" and and talked to her, and then she's like, "Do you do the I'm a Spartan podcast?" I was like. I was like, yeah. I was, I was like, do you listen to it? She's like, yeah, we all listen to it. And I just thought that was the coolest. I was like, Ray Coble listens to my podcast. That's awesome. Right? Yeah, and, and not to downplay like all the other people that listen. Like, it means so much to me every single time. But yeah, when elites yeah. do that, and, and Ray Coble's awesome. I mean, I was there when she when she finished her beast, and the first thing that she she said when she crossed the finish line was like, that was so much fun. Yeah. And I'm like, who? Did, who the hell says that at Killington? <laughs> <laughs> I know I said I didn't want to do an ultra there again, and I had to wait a month or two before I decided to sign up for one again. <laughs> that, that, is, that is the Killington curse. I, I've, I've done it like three years in a row, and every time it's like, oh, this is the last year. This is the last year. Man, it's so and, beautiful uh, up there, though. I mean, that's, oh, that's one of the prettiest venues for sure. Even yeah, though I flew yeah, into Boston and got through that Boston traffic to drive up there. Yeah. That was insane. <laughs> But it, it was just so much easier, I mean, cheaper to fly into Boston and drive up, though, than to fly into, I forget what that closer airport is. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But it was so much better. Yeah, so I can't believe you're doing the Ultra Beast again, but I'll, I'll see you, oh, excuse me, the Ultra. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing you there, too. Yeah, that's the only Ultra I'm probably going to do this year. I'm having some IT band issues towards the end of last year. That last Ultra I did on the second lap, it was around mile 22. It started bothering me a little bit, and I kind of took it easy and went to Florida Beast, and, and the beast there, it bothered me too. So I'm slowly but surely ramping up mileage right now, so try, yeah. hoping I can solve it. I had not had any issues with it yet, but that's scary. Yeah, I've had IT band problems before, and it's hard to get rid of it. Yeah, I, 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 my issues with that uh, started last April. And uh, it really impacted me throughout the year and just the training and, and, and everything. And it kind of made the year crappy. So I'm glad that it ended well for me. But yeah, I yeah, saw where you were having problems with yours after the uh, world's toughest mudder and all. Is yours IT band issues? I thought you said yours was something like up in your hamstring. Yeah. So, so right now I'm dealing with um, hamstring, uh, hamstring tightness um, and something called piriformis syndrome, which is basically a muscle in your butt that goes around your sciatic nerve, but right. when the muscle gets like inflamed, it starts choking that nerve out Ooh. and your calf and your thigh, just for a week straight, my, my leg was twitching and I'm like, I need to see a doctor. Um, they put me on muscle waxers and all that stuff. So that was, that's my latest injury that I'm still dealing with. But uh, oh, wow. yeah, IT band issues from April to um, good portion of the year. Uh, that, that sucks. It does <laughs> suck. But definitely gotta like stretch it out and make that, make the muscles around that knee stronger. Yeah. PT is expensive for me, but it's, it's worth it in the long run. Right. So are, are you running at all or are they just kind of monitoring it through PT? 
right now still not running, which has oh, been wow. killing me. That's uh, bummer, so man. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm supposed to be doing my first race uh, beginning of February. I'm supposed to have an eight-hour race, but oh, wow. I really don't think I can do that. So yeah. that kind of sucks. But, you know, it's better to hold off until I'm ready than to re-injure and, and hurt myself like more into the race season. So yeah. kind of biding my time, but sucks, yeah. Yeah, we got a half marathon, that, um, and Michael's been having bad problems with his plantar fasciitis, and so me and him are got a half marathon we signed up, and we're both, it's a trail, so we're both going to kind of just take it easy. If we start feeling pain, we're just going to kind of walk out the rest of it. Yeah. Just going to kind of like a test run before the Jacksonville Super comes. So. Yeah, good call. Yeah, so man, I want to like uh, bow down because your episode, you know, you're two years old, and your episode, I think it was 100, or the episode that was towards the end of the year, where you recapped, like, the whole year, and there was probably, I don't know, 500 clips of all the shows you did in one episode, and it had, it was like this awesome edit episode where of the whole year and it just seemed like an edit nightmare and you pieced it together perfectly, man. That was epic, dude. That was totally awesome. And from one podcaster to another, I know that that was an extreme amount of hard work and my hat's off to you, sir, because there's no way I would have been like, I'm going to make this at the end. No, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I estimated like how much time it took me, and it's somewhere around 50 hours. Oh, my God, um, dude. That's insane. But I, I started that, and in, 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 uh, that was the second time I did that. I did that back in 2017, too, where I just, like, what should I do for end of the year? I'm like, what if I go through all the episodes and uh, both last year and this year, I'm like, oh, I'll have, you know, Caitlin take a quarter of it. I'll have Alex, who I talked about before, talk, take a quarter of it. I'll take a quarter of it. And uh, someone else who's not really helping out as much now, I was supposed to take a quarter of it. But last year, just like this year, things fell through and I had to do it all by myself. So I was listening oh, to the man. whole episode, taking either something funny, putting it in the funny section, uh, someone introducing themselves, putting it in that section, or like an important lesson putting in that session uh, section and just oof, yeah it took a very Dude, long it was time. insane and didn't you went across like didn't you have it on like across two episodes too didn't you it was like over three hours worth of stuff yeah so so i'm looking at now episode 103 is all just the funny yeah. moments of it um including caitlin's god-awful jokes <laughs> <laughs> her jokes are funny i love just you know really just lame joke humor it makes me laugh yeah, that's what's uh, funny about Will yeah. Hicks is he's always got these little punch lines all the time in his podcast, and I just laugh my ass off. Oh yeah, I, I love his humor. I, yeah. I wish, I wish, I don't like that you can never hear him laugh though. Exactly, <laughs> that's what makes it funny. <laughs> it is, but yeah, I know that. Uh, I think you were talking about us on one episode, and like Leanne had a joke, uh, which I thought was really funny. But oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> always trying to have have jokes and stuff. And then the episode after that was. Uh, like lessons throughout the year and just a clip from every single person that we've interviewed, which is insane going through that. I'm like, holy crap, we talked to a lot of people, whether it be crazy elites or just like regular local people in this area. Like it's just really awesome to go through. And yeah. Shoot, it's, nice. it's, it's hard work putting out one of these every week and you're doing it, man. So thank like you. Said. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's tough because people just like, Oh, it just pops up in people's podcast players. But Man, I've had so many late nights, like up to one or two editing sometimes. Oof. Yeah. It's I mean, crazy. if people listened to that episode and they took it for granted, they did not understand the work that went into that. And I did. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is insane. I can't believe he sat and did this. Thank you. Yeah, that's probably the most feedback I've gotten from an episode this year. Uh, I should say good feedback I've gotten from an episode uh, this year. Is a lot of people said like, oh, man, I got a whole bunch of dirty stairs because I was at the gym and started laughing and <laughs> so that made me pretty happy was there like a yeah. point while you were making that episode and caitlin come in and said are you ready for dinner leave me alone i'm working on the podcast yes. <laughs> that's uh that's more common than you would think in the zone when i'm working on the podcast so like just she'll like start talking to me i'm like caitlin just a heads up for the next like 15 minutes 
I won't be listening. <laughs> like, and I didn't <laughs> tell her that beforehand, so she's not like, you're ignoring me. Like, okay, Caitlin, I need this time. Give me like 15 minutes, and we can talk about whatever you want. And uh, <laughs> works out that way. Man, well, it was that was an awesome episode, dude. I, I want to thank you and appreciate, you know, the hard work you put into that episode because it was probably one of the most entertaining podcasts I listened to all year for sure. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. So where are you seeing, like, your podcast going to or where would you like for your podcast to go to in the future, man? Yeah, so um, I would definitely like to – I've covered some pretty big events. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still just getting started, though. We have the Boston Marathon coming up soon, and uh, Caitlin does – she doesn't do as much work on the, the, the podcast itself. I do all the editing and all that, but she does a great job reaching out to – uh, all the people that we need to in order to cover events. Yeah, so she I, does I, good I interviews cover. too. Yeah, yeah, she's been she's been definitely holding her weight lately, and I'm I'm thrilled. She's having fun with it now, which makes it better. And uh, but yeah, I, I want to cover you know the Boston Marathon, more more big events. I want to get better at interviewing people. I want to um, definitely keep up the consistency because I know if I have nothing else going for me, it's definitely the consistency that's helping me out. Um, and I just want to continue to have fun and uh, and hopefully not get it as much as, as it's injured this year. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I would definitely like to get the downloads better, too. I'm thrilled where they are now, too, but they could always be better. And every once in a while you have an episode that just jumps up more, uh, more than you thought would be possible. And then it's like, oh, that's a, that should be my new norm now. <laughs> but, yeah, I would like to keep doing what I'm doing, try to appeal to more people. And uh, if I could have another year full of people saying like, Hey, you got me off the couch or Hey, you really inspired me. Like that's a, that's a damn good year. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I can kind of figure out the statistics and all kind of on iTunes, but like all the other places where, I mean, some of them will show some downloads. Some of them won't, I don't really, I don't really know how to like follow it like that, but you know, I try to figure it out, man, but like I said, man, I don't know nothing about this stuff, and I was using one platform to put it out, and it, like, closed up, and so oh, then I had to kind of re-figure out how to do it this year, and, man, I almost gave up on it because it was just so frustrating to me and me not being very tech-savvy, and so, but I finally figured it out. <laughs> Who are you going through now as, like, the podcast host? Uh, thing. I'm using a podcast.com because it's free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's for me. Um, and I was yeah. going to change, and I, you know, I was talking to Jason Dupree from OCR Talk, and he said, man, you need to move over to, uh, oh, what's Anchor, the. Anchor, he uses. Yeah, whatever. It's, I always want to call Anchor? it. Anchor, Anchor, yes. I always yeah, yeah. want to call it Radar. I don't know why. But, and so he's like, all you got to do, and I contacted them it's like all you got to do is switch your feet your rs feed to it but and i went back and forth through podcast.com through radar talking to every one of them and like none of them could like give me a straight answer on how to do it so i was like i i give up so yeah and that was and that was when you would suggest to put it on spotify and that's why i try I, i pretty much got it on most of those now i think somebody said that it's not showing up on the google play podcast oh, yeah. app something weird happened with that one that like podcasts aren't showing up anymore or something i think yeah. it it's shows up on play but it doesn't show up on podcast and i've got an iphone so there's about no way for me to look it up so yeah, yeah <laughs> same. but yeah spotify is definitely becoming the number two uh way people listen to podcasts so if you're on there that's definitely gonna appeal to a big um audience too Oh, I did just submit it to that thing, like, you know, Will Hicks has got his where you can listen to it through Alexa or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's called Tuned In or something like that. Yeah, I haven't done that yet, but I probably should. That'd be cool. Yeah, I submitted it to that. It's not a real big deal, you know. Yeah, but if if it can reach one more person that it wouldn't before, like, that, that could be all the difference. That could be a review. That could be, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's like you said, man. If one person comes up to the to you at the race and says, "Hey, man, I, I listen to your show," Mo- yeah, and you'll be amazed. Most people hear my voice and they recognize me by my voice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> or my crazy yeah, I, haircut. I was uh, actually the biggest sense of that, other than ever to Paris, was when I was at uh, North American Championships, and I was on this obstacle called called Dragon's Back, which is oh yeah, 
Have you seen pictures of that? It's, that's it's, that one when you like jump to that bar that's like on a slanted yeah. wood or something you're jumping to it, or something, right? Exactly. It's, it's sketchy. That's perfect way to, yeah, it is. And um, I, I, I did that. I jumped across again, did that. And then I had this last part of the obstacle that, to do that I had to like swing on a rope and get up this inverted uh, cargo net. And uh, I slipped off the, the rope because it was like drenched and muddy. Uh, so I'm like, crap, do I want to do all that over again? just so I can keep my band. And I was getting nervous. I was getting nervous because the longer you wait, the scarier it gets. Right. Uh, and I'm not a fan of heights. But then one, one guy came up from behind. He's like, hey, I, listen, I love the podcast. And I'm like, well, there's no way I'm backing down Yeah, now. yeah, like, yeah. There I go. So you were like, like thanks, bro. And then you jumped across, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I thanked him after once I remembered his name. Because uh, like, he, he definitely helped me get through that. Because uh, I was like in a mental block. Of my own creation. And, and hey, that's awesome, that. man. Yeah, good stuff. But yeah, man, it always makes you feel good when somebody, and I always try to over, you know, appreciate and thank anybody that comes up to me and tells me that they, uh, you know, listen to the show, man. It's such a, it's it it puts me in high spirits, you know, that there's people out there listening to it. Yeah, definitely. And each one of us, we're, we're making the sport better. We're, we're making it more legitimate. We're making it, you know, so it's great that they, they appreciate us. Yeah, man, for sure. So what are, like, your goals or, like, your race goals for, like, 2019? All right, so uh, I want to get back into Spartan, which uh, is, is exciting for me now that they have some more obstacles and whatnot. Uh, looking forward to conquering those. Uh, but I, I've really got to work on upper body because that's always been a weakness of mine. Right. Uh, looking to do, hopefully... We'll see how the year is. I haven't signed up or anything yet, but uh, I'd love to do my first Ultra, um, Spartan Ultra. So that would be pretty cool. I don't know if I'd be doing it in New Jersey or South Carolina. And you get to do uh, it in Killington, man. Do it with me. Oh, God, no. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. nope. <laughs> well, you saw that they added an Ultra to Ohio, too. Oh, no, I didn't see that, actually. Yep, it's new. They, I think it was sometime last week they put that out. Oh, cool, because I know South Carolina was new last year. Yeah, South Carolina was fun, but it wasn't a true ultra. I think they had to cut some of it out because of the rain or something, so it was only like a marathon distance. Oh, wow. I I did a a four-time trifecta year uh, back in 2016. Oh, awesome. uh, I I went to, back when it was in Winsboro, South South Carolina. Yep. It was super flat. I was there. man, that's what... Oh yeah, that, that's when I was, I was introduced to that uh, red clay though. Yeah, stuff does not does not mess around. Yeah, I was surprised they lost that venue because last year they said we're going to Winsboro, and then like a few months before the race, it's like no, we're going to change it to Spartanburg, you know. And I remember that made some people upset because they had non-refundable hotel rooms booked. Oh yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, so definitely ultra Spartan. Uh, I would love to. I'm definitely going back to World's Toughest Mudder. Uh, I want to be less injured when I finish it next year. Right. Uh, well, excuse me, this year. And uh, I don't know, I, w- I want to get 55, 60 miles. Um, I-, I walked a lot of the course um, this year, last year. God damn. <laughs> and uh, so I-, I know I can do better, but like I have to take care of you know chafing issues. Right. That stuff can definitely make or break you. I, I thought I applied enough stuff and uh wanted to reapply halfway through the race but i realized if i took my wetsuit out off that would let all the heat out right so i decided to suck it up and keep from freezing and uh chafing was bad uh the it band it band issues really flared up isn't that frustrating Uh, oh wicked because you you try to you run so you can warm up but I couldn't run, so I was super cold. Right. Uh, and there's this beautiful stretch uh, downhill where it was perfect, perfect time to run, and I could not. And all these people are running past me, like, come right. on, man, run, you'll heat up. And I'm like, I can't. It hurts so much. Um, so, yeah, if, if I can have a better year, I think and it, it's going to be less freezing out. I think 60 would be pretty doable. So that would be another big goal of mine. Yeah, man, I, I want to sign up to try it, but I don't want to be there at no 30 degrees and having to get in and out of wetsuits. That just does not sound fun. Yeah, not to mention, I only ha- I have one old uh, wetsuit from when I used to surf, and it's a 4.3, I think. Okay. And I'd probably have to lose, like, 
15 pounds to squeeze my fat ass back into it too. So. <laughs> I would probably end up like cutting the shit out of it just so I, I could make it work because I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do that. There's no shame in that. Wetsuits are, they're, they're expensive. Yeah, man. Even if you don't run it though, highly, highly recommend that Go you pit. it for someone. Yeah, it's it's an experience, man. It's the, the sport as a whole, you know, the, the teamwork and camaraderie and and, and tough mudder more so world's toughest mudder the most it is insane like i helped um god there was so, uh, jesse bruce I, I gave him advice on one of the obstacles and he, he took it and, and and used it on a certain obstacle and uh i was helping awesome you know a lot of elites helping everyone over walls and stuff and, you know they're competing for so much money but they'll stop to help you and, that's and cool. Brea Coble, i was asking how she was doing and she's like i'm doing great but i have the hiccups and like just <laughs> great stories come from there and, and, and man when I was pitting it's just yeah yeah it's, it's an awesome experience yeah we had we had some uh race codes for bone frog and charlotte was the last one that was really close to us on a date that we could go and we had to use them before the end of the year and charlotte was that same weekend man we were following the live feeds of everybody's instagrams i was like Find everybody on Instagram that's going to World's Toughest Mudder so we can watch all the videos. It was exciting yeah. to watch just on Instagram and see everybody's videos. It yeah. was it was exciting to watch. I mean, this year, if I do not run it, I will definitely be there pitting for somebody or just hanging out and spectating. It just looks like, it, it's like you said, it just looks like a cool atmosphere, and, and I don't want to miss it again, especially while it's in Georgia, so close to home. Yeah, I was going to say, it's right, right close to you, so... Definitely do that while you can, because who knows when it's going to leave Georgia. Yeah, because I live in South Georgia, but my girlfriend, she lives about an hour and 45 minutes north of me. She lives in Milledgeville, and so she's like an hour and 30 minutes away from, I'm, I'm not sure. We're like an hour and 30 minutes away from Atlanta, so I'm not sure okay. exactly how far it was from that venue. But we're... I want to say it's like 45 minutes west of Atlanta, I think. Yeah. Gamer did most of the driving, so. Uh, <laughs> I know yeah, I remember seeing y'all's uh, Instagram story on barely making it to your flight or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet that was nerve wracking. That was insane. I, I, I we overslept by like an hour and a half, and, and I should have known that. I, I don't even know why I even bothered sleeping. We got back so late from the, the pub crawl thing, and it, oh yeah, that was a bad mix. Next time we're staying a day later, so we can like get there in time. All right. So um man uh always ask people, you know, the same line of questions. And uh you know, what has been like out of all the races you've done, what is the most the best race you've done, your most favorite, you know, the best, you know, everything about it and and why? Yes, yeah, so I was prepared for this. Um I, I created a Spartan uh, best one and least one, and uh, same for like in general. So, oh, cool. Favorite Spartan, uh, definitely 2016 uh, Killington Beast, because uh, 2015 was the worst for me, and uh, 2016 I, I reclaimed my soul, and we just had a, a big group of people. We we don't kind of, I didn't run it as if it was a race. We kind of right. hiked it as a challenge with a big group of people. No one gets left behind. And that's uh, awesome. I yeah, bet it was fun like that, too. It was, yeah. 2015, we all got wiped out. Um, and we, we finished, but, like, each one of us had, like, a breaking moment. It was the, uh, the founder's race, so it was a whole bunch of, like, the same obstacles. So it was, it was kind of more boring. Um, so Yeah, that one had, like, double spear throws and stuff, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, double spear throw and, like, a whole bunch of carries and just, like, a whole bunch of repeated stuff. Um, so that was the, the, the crappiest... Well, uh, Spartan for me, and then 2016 to absolutely finish it and feel like I was ready to go again. Like that was that was an awesome experience. Wasn't the weather like really bad in 2015 too? Yeah, it's <laughs> Killington can be very hit or miss, and especially when there's that uh, that river crossing with lake or pond or whatever, and uh, that can get super cold. And when there's usually an ascent back off back up the mountain after that, and your legs cramp up, that can that can really do you in. Yeah. But uh, favorite race in general uh, was when I did my first Savage in 2016. Uh, we went over to Albrightsville, Pennsylvania, 
because they didn't even go to New England back then. And right. uh, it was just really fun because it was just me and my buddy Alex, and we both have a similar pace. And instead of like, wa- like walking when someone needed to walk and all that, we just kind of went all out and had a really good time with that. And I really like the innovation at Savage. They had obstacles there that I'd never seen before. Yeah, they've uh, got some cool ones. I did my first one uh, the or last year, and it was it it was fun. You know, I could see yeah. how people really could get addictive to them too. Yeah, and it's, it's rig heavy too. So I definitely yes came back wanting more because I'm like, oh man, like I mean, this year they had holy sheep. And like that's insanely hard. I could not do that. So yeah, I'll definitely be back for more for that. I was able to complete it, but when I grabbed those chains after the the sheet, man, them chains oh. hurt your hands bad. Yeah, they were rough yeah. on your hands. That was a tough one. I like the Wheel World. That one was fun. Or, that's my favorite. Or is it is it Wheel World or Twirly Bird? I can, I'm not sure. So uh, Wheel World is Savage. Twirly Bird is a rig at a. Bone frog. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Those were pretty much the best of both of those series, I think. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed uh, Wheel World. That was fun. Yeah, because you, you got some good momentum going. It's just super fun. You just fly across. And then that big jump off of the Davy Jones locker, I think is what it's called or whatever. That was fun. Yeah, yeah that scares the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask. Was that a hard one for you? <laughs> super hard, but it, it definitely helped me conquer my fears of, of, of heights. You think about it, all you have to do is leap forward and like gravity do its thing and then swim to the top that's it super easy to do physically mentally whew, i oh I, I screamed like a little girl going down there. <laughs> that's, an, that's an insult to girls like <laughs> and yeah. so i remember doing it in dallas georgia where they have it here and when you hit the water i mean that jump i don't know how high it was up but i remember hitting the water and just going super deep underwater and having to swim back up and i was looking at the stacks that they had at world's toughest mudder and i'm thinking how deep are you going to go from that jump that high to have to swim back up you know it's it's almost great that everybody had a wetsuit on at that point because the wetsuit's going to help you float back up you know absolutely and I, I skipped the stacks every single time because I, i had heard stories of someone that was like rotating a little bit and then they went like face first yeah. and got a bloody nose. And I'm like, I've gone through too much to have that take take me out. And it didn't even open up till midnight. So I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it. But uh, I guess yeah. having the water too deep is uh, better than the opposite, right? Yeah, I heard a lot of people saying that too, to where if they didn't hit just right, I think I heard somebody had hurt their arm really bad too because they didn't land just right going in it. Yeah. Also, you're, you're, you're 12 hours through the race, like your body's tired. Right. And you know, one little, like, that that's when you get hurt. So I took the extra half-mile penalty every single time and ended up doing, like, an extra two miles. Oof. Yep. That was a rough night. Yeah. And you got to think, you know, you're, you're fatigued, so your reflexes aren't going to be as strong, too. So, man, yeah. Yeah. And also, if you ever need help swimming, like, you're just, you do, you know. And I, I'm a strong swimmer, too, but I've never swam, you know, 12 plus hours through an OCR. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they want to risk it. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, there's only been like a couple of races where you actually had to swim a little bit. West Virginia, you had to swim and they put this life preserver on you and it's just all up in your face and in your neck. Yeah. And I'm like, I should have done this tighter, you know. And it was so just awkward when you really just want to throw it off so you can actually swim and. Yeah. Instead of, it starts to like choke you out a little bit. Yeah, you know, man. That's how it's it was, Killington, so it's better to go like almost backwards. Like, oh back yeah, I did. Whatever, so it's not on your throat. Yeah, I did. I know I got that that obstacle in Killington on the first lap, but on the second lap, man, they had the bales so high, and you could not reach them when you got to that last rope. Yeah. And I was so tired on the second lap. I was like, ah, screw it. <laughs> yeah. I. You did it though. That, that's awesome. But it, that's a to- that's a cool obstacle though. I enjoyed it. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. That that lake and then the mountain behind it. That was just just a awesome picture. You know, it was yeah, super cool. Beautiful and, and, and being meeting for, for for the year covering that. Like we took the uh, the gondola up there, and it, it's just not the same. Like 
I, I felt like I'm like I didn't I didn't earn this. You know, <laughs> it's it's so much better when you you hike to the top. But I know when I'm running the race, you know, and we get finished, and I was like, man, I wanted to ride the gondola. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep. By the time I finished, I think it was already closed. Yeah. <laughs> I know my girlfriend, she had like a burger from that restaurant that was up there, and it was like, I don't know, I'm I'm sure it was just some cheap burger that they make up there, but it was like one of the best burgers of my life. I can imagine. Towards oh. the end of that race. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you might have already said it, but what was your worst race? Were you saying that that Killington, Vermont in 2015 was your worst race you ever had? Yeah, that definitely chewed me up and spit me out. So that was definitely the hardest Spartan race I'd, I've ever done. Uh, but I think worst race experience, uh, nothing against the race itself, but, but Battle Frog, I had a super, it was my first like big injury during a race. Uh, I threw over a wreck bag over a wall and jumped over the wall and like an idiot landed right on the wreck bag. Oh. Um, and my foot was on the wreck bag, but my ankle bent down and touched the ground. Um, so I was pretty munged up for a while there. And uh, <laughs> through the rest of the course, I was just limping through. And it was just super, oh, it was, I was just embarrassed more than anything. Like I didn't right. want the attention and I was limping and the medics were like following me. Like, do you need help? I'm like, don't you dare no. pull me off this course. I want this medal. And, uh, Leave me alone. Yeah, that, that, yeah so, so that was definitely my worst race experience uh, right. because of that injury. But other than that, I, I, I did like Battle Frog as a race. Right. I never got to do one of those, but I always heard everybody loved them. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely had some unique obstacles. Like they had, uh, I think it was called Tip of the Spear, which is pretty much what like Olympus. Uh, Olympus is. Hmm. Yeah. That's what I yeah, heard. Some good stuff there, but... Yeah, rest in peace. That's what happens when you spread out too early. Man, I saw on your uh, your website uh, that you did that Spartan cruise. What was that race like? Yeah. Oh man, that was gorgeous. Um, there was a lot of a lot of swimming there too, as to be expected. Um, there was one time where you had to like jump off, not really a big cliff, but a little cliff, and um, we were stopped right before we jumped, and we realized uh, there was a jellyfish, a few jellyfish coming oh, no. through. So that, that could have been bad. But other than that, it's nice and warm. And, you know, you finish the race and everyone's just hanging out after drinking and a whole bunch of ridiculously fit people just doing whatever they're doing. And uh, the, the cruise itself was just amazing. Though. I, I bet was, it was just a, a uh, cruise ship full of Spartans. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had the podcast back then because I, there's so many people I could have talked to. There was, you know, a whole bunch of Spartans. There were, there were a whole bunch of people on there that were... Um, American Ninja Warrior people, they were running on, like, the, the edge of the ship, like, like oh. crazy people. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was just, it was really cool, and, and a lot of, like, ultramarathons, with, marathoners were there, like, uh, Mike Wardian, he's a big uh, ultramarathoner, he set a world record. On the treadmill, for, I heard yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and I was there for that, like, like, really cool moments, and I'm like, oh, I wish I, wish I had my podcast back then. I heard that, like, Joe DeSena didn't like it because he was hoping, like, everybody come on the ship and they'd be, you know, eating healthy, you know, and working out. Instead, everybody was just partying and getting drunk. Yes, that that's exactly what happened. He was very, he was very Joe about the whole weekend. He's like, oh, man, I lost so much money, this and that, like, woe is me. And we're all like, shut up, Joe, hand out the awards. Like, oh. Man, I, I love Joe because he's, he's definitely... He's got me off the couch with Spartan Race, but at the same time, he's just so easy to make fun of because he's oh, so yeah. serious. But yeah. gotta love him. <laughs> he's kind of like his way or the highway type personality. Yeah, but definitely. <laughs> he's like somebody you you, you can kind of take serious, but not take serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, he, yeah, or I, he's a serious guy you can't take serious, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And as Matthew Davis says, he's like he's surrounded by a lot of yes men too. So it's it's like you gotta deal with you gotta like speak realistically about him too, you know. Yeah. Well shoot, man. Mike, we're coming up on an hour here, man. Is there anything you wanna add, man? Uh not much, man. Just just keep doing what you're doing. Uh enjoy the show. And it's always great whether it's, you know, 
you had Ryan Woods on the show. Pretty jealous of that because I still haven't been able to have him on because he's avoided me twice. <laughs> I, I've, man, I've, I've met him and talked to him in a couple of races. So I've already, I'd kind of already shot the shit with him a little bit. He probably still doesn't really know my name though, but <laughs> I think I, I it, Charlotte this year, I'd talked to him a few times. So Yeah. Yeah. I saw him after um, the New Jersey super, but he's, that was like he's ex- a cool insanely cool day. Where, oh uh, man, that race looked awful. Yeah, that's when Rhea Coble DNF'd, and yeah. uh, I think Faye Stenning went to uh, medical, and, and like, like, hey, do you have time to talk? He's like, dude, I'm freezing. He's like, if you could find me later, and then I, I had to go and bring Caitlin back, so I didn't get to see him there, and then uh, World's Toughest Metal at the brunch, he left, actually, he didn't even show up to the brunch, uh, oh, wow. so I missed him there, too, but yeah, no, he's a cool guy. I've talked to him uh, online, too, but uh, but yeah, whether you have like people like him on or just regular, everyday people... Uh, always enjoy listening. So, yeah, I'll, I, you know, I'll bug an elite every once in a while to um, see if they want to yeah. come on. You know, I really enjoyed uh, uh, interviewing Alyssa Holly too. She's super cool. Yeah, yeah, she did seem pretty cool. That's that's another another one that I'd like to talk to. Yeah, well, shoot, Mike, man, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this, man. And like I said, everybody needs to check out uh, your podcast too, man, because it's a super good one, man. And you put a lot of time and effort into it and it really shows, man. Yeah. Thank you. I have, uh, some familiar sounding redneck on, uh, episode 89. Yeah. And you know what you said? I only called you that because you called yourself that in reviews. So. Oh yeah. Totally call myself a redneck. So I definitely sound like one. My girlfriend's always like, you're not a redneck. I was like, I sound like one. I might as well own it. You know, I never worked on a farm and most people down here have. So, I mean, but, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, you say how you don't, I I don't like the way my voice sounds either, man. And like, I probably spend like, I don't do edits on my podcast, but like when I do my intro and outro, I'll sit there and like, I'll do it and I'll be like, that sucked. And I'll do it again. And I'll get like halfway through it and just start cussing and be like, that sucked. And I'll probably do it like 10 or 12 times before I do one that I actually like. And it's probably because I'm sitting there listening to myself talk. I can't tell you how many times Kayla and I record an intro and an outro and I look at her and I'm like, I hate that. <laughs> She's like, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, I said, um, like 80 times in it. Like, Oh man, I, I do the same thing. I'm like, I'm saying, um, like it's my favorite word. Yeah. But you know, like no one's more critical than ourselves because like we listen to that and all we hear is our flaws and you know, other people listen and they enjoy it. So yeah. gotta keep that in mind too. Yeah, I have, like, I'll actually have, like, some races I'll go to, and, like, women will be like, I love your accent. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, then. <laughs> I, I sound like a uh, like a cowboy surfer or something. <laughs> <laughs> Unique combo. <laughs> <laughs> but... But it's like you said, like, I can tolerate my voice if I listen to my podcast in one and a half speed, which I listen to all of my podcasts at one and a half speed most of the Same. time. Unless yeah. people are talking really fast, I'm like, okay, I got to go back to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mappy Davis can, can sound like a crazy person at one and a half speed sometimes. So. Yeah, but shoot, Will Hicks sounds perfectly normal. <laughs> <laughs> he does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's one thing I wanted to ask you about. I know because we're getting we're getting over an hour here, but so tell us about the OCR report that you and Will Hicks and Heather Bodie are all getting together to do. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, a little super group that uh, Will Hicks came up with. He asked if I'd be interested, and he asked if Heather would be interested, and we're just trying to push the elite side of the sport a little bit further. Um, focus a lot on stats. Focus a lot on you know, giving the elites a home to publish their articles and, uh, I don't know, just having fun with it. This year should be where we're really going to get the, uh, you know, hit the ground running. I know he has some pretty good ideas, so we'll have to stay tuned for that. Um, he wants to start up a podcast, uh, a short one that kind of just goes over the results quickly. Right. What it means for next, you know, the next race. And I'm just looking forward to it. I'm not, I'm not, as a whole, usually like big into the elites. I know I have a podcast that covers it and all, but um, it, it, Heather and, and Will, between the two of them, they're going to be uh, incredible. So it's it's great working with them. Yeah, man. That's and I think and it's like what Will said. I think he's like it's what the sport needs. It would be cool just to get a cut and dry 
you know, things, statistics up with, you know, who's, who's leading in the points, you know, who won this race, who won that race, but man, that's going to be a lot of work too. So yeah, I, mean, I commend but, you for adding on all this extra work. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's fun. And it's cause I love the sport and yeah. you know, Heather is definitely one of the best when it comes to, um, interviewing the elites, I think. And, and Will's definitely one of the best when it comes to remembering all these insane stats. Um, Right. So it, it should be interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. Have you gone to uh, Yancey Camp's uh, website and looked at Jack Bauer's uh, stats there? I mean, it's pretty much just nothing but Spartan stats, but it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's pretty yeah I neat. checked that out, and I, I talked to him about it, too, and because um, he had that episode with Matthew Davis, and he's right. like, oh, if you're listening to it this late, um, this late into it, like, you're a huge nerd. And I sent him a message, oh, yeah. and I'm like, I was... I was offended at first, and then I realized, well, yeah, I am a fucking nerd, so it works out. Well, I still, I, still, I listen to Obstacle Dominator, and half of the, it's usually like five minutes of OCR, and the rest of them just goofing around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, Most of the I, time. I, I, I listened until a certain episode where, like, they were, like, half of the noises I was listening to were, like, burps and farts, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> better not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The kid in me still thinks stuff like that's funny. <laughs> I guess I, I probably just wasn't in the mood for it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, man. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I appreciate you taking the time again to do this, man. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you at a race sometime this year. Not for sure. I'll see you at World's Toughest Motor, maybe Killington. Yep. Yeah, sounds good to me, man. Well, cool, Mike. Well, man, we'll talk to you later, man. Appreciate you talking to us. All right. Talk to you later. Later. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Mike again for taking the time to talk to us. Check out his girlfriend, Caitlin, and him at Obstacle Running Adventures for their podcast, if you're not already. Also, follow them on Instagram. They do a lot of great Instagram stories that are interesting to watch. Very entertaining. I will be at the Huff and Puff Half Trail Race at Indian Springs on February 2nd. Me and Mike will both be running that race. Then after that, we'll be down in Jacksonville for the Jacksonville Super to start up the Spartan season. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a review on iTunes. I will read it on the episode. If not, I will see you at the next race. Laters. Mm-hmm.